This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. Sorry for the pause. I was actually looking at somebody. Tim, how are you? Hey, I'm good, John. How are you? Very, very well. You want to know why I'm so good? Why are you so good? I made some of the most delicious sandwiches tonight for dinner. I was just tickled pink with myself. I, <laughs> I'm a big fan of just a nice deli sandwich, and I made one. And I was like, man, was, I made some homemade bread. Nice. And I had my, my wife's father, my father-in-law makes homemade meat. So he made me some mortadella. I slathered on some mayonnaise and some mustard. I had some cheddar cheese and I stacked it high with mortadella, which is my favorite, favorite of all the meats. What is it? It was, it was delicious. What is mortadella? Mortadella. Mortadella. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, I think it's in the bologna family but it's got a little bit more kick to it. There's some nuts in there. There's some like other things that make it taste delicious. I just love it. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I stick and love that meat. You're glowing. You're glowing right now. I wish people could see you. You're just, your face is lit up. I made two sandwiches. I'm going to go make two more after we're done doing this podcast. That's how good they were. Wow. I'm happy for you. I feel, thanks. That means a lot. Because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get these moments very often. So when I do, I, just, I feel good. I feel good. It was a good day. No, we, uh, yeah, I did the, the bread last night. I made the, some kids some homemade pancakes today. It was a nice Sunday. It was a good day. Not bad. Nice. What about you? How was your day? Uh, my day was good, actually. I went out for an early morning bike ride on the, on the mountain bike trails this morning again. Um, the first time, last week I went out for the first time, I think since we trained together for your half Ironman last mm-hmm. summer. Um, so that was fun. It's really cool to get out on the trails, be the first one out there. It was a little wet, but that was okay. Vasa um, trail. Sorry. Yeah. The Vasa trail. Vasa? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice game. The Patriots won. So pretty good afternoon there. Oh, it's, did you watch any of that game? I sure did. Yeah. I watched Cam all of did it. Not, he did not look great. No. Thank goodness he's a runner. So the, he snuck that out, but it, what what is your sense of their season after watching game one of the New England Patriots? It was just like such a it was I don't want to say best case scenario, but it's like that's kind of what you're gonna get from Cam Newton, I think, yeah. at this point. You know, it's like, okay, he's he made some big plays, a couple obviously he's a runner, he's as big and fast as strong as anyone in the league right now, even at his age and coming back from injuries. Uh and as soon as that's taken away from him, he's gonna be bottom ten quarterback in the league, I think. So yes. um 
He did dump off some quick passes to Edelman, though, so he looked sharp there. I think that's going to be their game, the short passes, the run game, and just letting him out of the pocket and explode when he needs to, and that's what they need to do to win. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I don't, I don't think – do you think they'll win the AFC East? I – yes, I do. You still do. You're yes. insane. No. You, did you see the Bills game? I watched some of it, yeah. Mind you, they were playing the New York Jets, which is – the equivalent of playing a good college team. They toyed with them the whole game and they finally gave them a couple of garbage touchdowns near the end, but the bills looked good. They looked good. Josh Allen was on point with his passes. He was running. They had multiple weapons. Oh, it was a, it was a good game. A good sign for the bills, baby. Very excited. AFC East title. That's just, that's just the bar, the, the lowest rung of what they're going to do this year. They got Super Bowl written all over them. Oh, oh, come on. Come on. They're the, this year's New Jersey Devils. <laughs> yeah, I think you got that right. <laughs> no, they did look good, though. It's, it's nice to have football back. I was actually thinking I was watching some football, flipping back and forth. The Islanders' lightning game was on. There was basketball playoffs going. Like, this is, this time of year is the best time for sports. And it's always like this no matter what. This, this year is weird because of the COVID. It's pushed everything around, but – Always around this time, basketball playoffs are going, hockey playoffs are going, usually baseball's, you know, in full swing and football starting to get going. It's just such a good time, but now it's even more amped up because football season started right when the basketball and hockey are doing playoffs. So there's like, it's endless sports and it's all entertaining. So I, I've been loving, loving the action that's been going on after like four months of nothing, five months of nothing. Now we just got action, baby. It's so nice. It's nice, Tim. It's Tim. So do you watch any of that lightning game this afternoon? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you know what's funny? The Islanders played not bad. But you. what I've learned is you cannot give the lightning an inch. You can't give them any room. You can't make any mistakes because they'll make you pay. They have the type of game and they have the type of scores that can capitalize on mistakes. And they are just making the Islanders pay anytime they make a mistake. They – it, it's it's too bad because the Islanders have played well. You know, they made their way to this point in the Eastern Conference Finals. They had a good run. I don't see them going any further than this. I, I think the Lightning are on a roll. They have the the mojo pumping. Vasilevsky looks solid. He looks comfortable. They got McDonough back on the back end. Their defense looks really dangerous. They're jumping in the rush. All four lines are producing. You saw it again tonight. Uh, Coleman got a goal. That line kind of set the set the pace again. They're they're a dangerous team. This is this could be their year to take home the cup. This could be it for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The big drought since Vinny LeCavier hoisted it in Martin St. Louis, all those great teams that have kind of flamed out in the playoffs and not played to their level. The year they're gonna do it is when their captain is on the sidelines and their best player has not even played for them in months. So it's just funny. Is it John Cooper the coach? Is it uh, Nikita Kucherov? Is it Victor Hedmond? Is it the other players just kind of stepping up, the Braden Points, the Alex Kalorns, those guys, the Yanni Gords? I don't know. They, they just have a really, really good team. Patrick Maroon going for back-to-back cups on two different teams. I don't know how often that's happened. That's pretty neat. So, I don't know. They are going to – they'll win the next game. They've, they've been in this situation before where they've had a team down and they maybe took the – Pedal off the foot off the pedal. They've eased up a little bit. I see them coming out and dominating game five and just putting this one to bed, sticking the nail in the coffin, and off we go to the finals. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, what's different for them this year? Like, sure, they're getting a little better. Hedman's getting better. He's the best he's ever been right now, I think. 
and they don't have Stamkos. And I'm not really, that's sort of a, a Pandora's box. If you want to analyze, are they better with off, better off without him? And I'm not really willing to say that yet. Um, but one of the reasons they've done so well is just the East has been wide open this year. I mean, think about the playing yeah. tournament, think about that first round. And now here we are, the Bruins are gone. The Penguins are gone. The Capitals are gone. The Flyers are gone. Like this, this is theirs for the taking. They have a, I don't want to say easy road, but it's never been easier than this, right? So I think this has to be theirs for the taking. I think they see that opportunity. Um, and yeah, I think they close it out in game five. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Islanders, they made a good run. They really did. They, they went further than any team that had the play-in rounds. They, they had a couple upsets. And it was their fun team to watch. I, I think they have – you know what the sad thing is? I don't think their future is bright. I think a lot of their vets – this is, you know, this is it. The Brock Nelsons, the Anders Lees, even yep. their back end, the Andy Green, Nick Letty. This is it, kind of. This is the peak of them. And I don't know if they'll get back to this point next year or the next few years. But, you know, they they play well. They play hard. They play, play a good system. And uh, Trotz is a great coach. I think just to solidify how great of a coach he is. And who knows? Maybe they can sneak one out in game five and make this a series. But usually when you're down three to one versus a high-powered team like Tampa – that's hard. That's hard to come back, especially when you're in this bubble and you don't have any support or any kind of creature comforts to go home and kind of take your mind off hockey or maybe reset things. Like they're going to go back. They're going to see the Tampa Bay Lightning for dinner. They're going to wake up. They're going to see the Tampa Bay Lightning for breakfast. It's like the, it's like the nightmare, the worst nightmare ever. You're seeing these guys all day, all night, and they're just working you. They're making literally making breakfast in your kitchen right now. So I think, you know, it's good night, Irene. The Islanders are done. If there's a little choppy for the listeners, my computer's dropped out twice now, and I don't know why. The gremlins are attacking me tonight, and I don't like it. So anyways, if it, I apologize for a little bit of the choppiness. I know our editor will do a good job, but man, this thinking Zoom thing, I'm getting old, Tim. I, I, I'm missing being face-to-face. Yeah, maybe we need to think about setting that up again. I know, but with all these dates you go on and the people you see, you, you make me nervous. You're just literally driving around Michigan – just going on dates with girls. Random I wish girls I wish I lived the life you think I do. I wish I was as cool as you think I am. But you send hey. me pictures all the time of all the exotic places. You did a trip around the country just Yeah, like two months ago. Seeing girls and going on dates and who knows what you were doing. Okay, let's take it to the Western Conference. And and I think something that I think probably no one saw coming, Dallas Stars are up three to one against the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you make of that? It is interesting. I will tell you what. It is glaring the difference between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Vegas Knights get chances. They cannot score. They don't have that killer instinct like they did a few years ago. William Carlson cannot find the back of the net. Stasny, what's going on with him? He's getting grade-A chances. He's just firing them into the goalie's chest. Stone gets hit on the toe with the puck, and he's out for a period and a half because he's got a little owie on his toe. Like, let's, like, this is, this is the glaring difference. When Tampa Bay is getting chances, they are burying them. When the Vegas Golden Knights are getting these same chances, they're not burying. They're not scoring, and this, this is the reason they're losing 3-1 to one in this series. They, they cannot finish. And I don't know if it's anything Dallas is doing or they, they've lost their touch. They've lost their confidence. Gosh, they played five games. I, I bet you they've thrown close to 200 shots in this, on this goalie. And they've only scored, what, four goals? There's, it's not going to win you any games. Kadobin is, is working his way into the, uh, the Conn Smythe conversation right now. 
without a doubt, because Heiskanen hasn't had that strong of a series numbers wise. Like he's he's played well, he's played very well, but just statistically, he hasn't gotten that many points. He did versus uh, when they played Colorado in the previous series. Yeah, he put up major points. So Hudobin, it's wide open. If they do win the cup, he's going to be, I would say, him or Heiskanen with a or friend of the show, Joe Pavelski. The guy buried good. again. Yep. When you're a goal scorer and you're feeling it, goals like he got last game go in the net where you just get the puck and you throw a backhander, it hits the stick, it rainbows over the goalie and flops it in the net. Like that is a goal scorer's goal. That would not happen to me. I would panic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be able to do that. And he just gets those bounces. He scored. I heard a stat, he scored like 15 goals in the regular season, which is low for him with the pandemic, kind of feeling out his new teammates. He's already got nine goals in the playoffs. Wow. Like he's firing on all cylinders. He's he's just, I don't know. Do you think they close it out in five? Because they're up three to one. Is it a different type of feeling with them being up three to one compared to the Tampa Bay Lightning? It for sure is a different feeling because it's it's – I. I don't know what the series is at technically, but to me, Dallas was an underdog. So I think Vegas in my head is still a better team. And I don't think the series lead is quite safe. Yeah. Again, three to one, you're not coming back from that most likely. Uh, But I I do think Vegas is another big game in them. At least I hope I do. I mean, I want to keep watching these two teams just go at each other. One thing to keep in mind for game five is the stars have uh, two potential injuries down the middle with Radic Foxa and is still unfit to play. And Rupe Hintz is still uh, was questionable. So they might be down two centers, which is, you know, being, losing two centers is really throws off all four of your lines. They got to jumble stuff up to make that match. Maybe Pavelski moves back to the center. Uh, I think he's been playing mostly on the wing. So uh, I don't think they close it out tomorrow night. I think we, this game goes at least six, maybe seven. Um, but I do think Dallas closes this out. And then we got Dallas versus Lightning is what it's looking like right now. I think that because of their series versus Colorado, Dallas hopefully has learned their lesson because versus Colorado, they completely took game five off. They checked out and Colorado just destroyed them. And they finally started to play their game in game six and they squeaked it out in game seven in overtime. Like you would think that they would learn their lesson and really come to play next game because you know Vegas, all it takes – is just a couple weird bounces and you give these guys some confidence. And the next thing you know, you have the Vegas golden Knights that we're used to seeing and every line's firing pucks behind your goalie. And it's just like, Whoa, it's seven Oh one and we've lost. So I think this series is far from over just because of the, and the way the games have gone, Vegas has controlled mostly every game in the first period, Vegas controlled that whole first period then Joe got that goal right at the end of the period, and Dallas finally made it a game in the second period, but Hudobin kept them in it for the whole first period. So I don't know. I really would like to say that Dallas is just going to easy, you know what, button it up in five like Tampa Bay is going to do, but, man, I, I don't think so. I think I think we're still in for a long series, and I, I could totally see Vegas coming back and winning it in seven. I really could. That would not surprise me whatsoever. But remember I posed a question last episode about Joe Pavelski and who has the most goals in the decade. Regular season. Okay. Who do you think the top 10 – oh, I don't want to say top 10, but top five. So this is 2010 to now? This is 2010 to 2020. I'll tell you right now, Joe Pavelski fell at number – what number do you think he fell in at? Uh, I would say around the six to eight range. He's number six. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think the top five are? There was one that was a little 
surprising. Ovechkin? Two. Ovechkin? Yeah, he's one. He's won by 100 goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say Marshawn up there. He is number five. Okay. Yes. Um, is Crosby's up there? Crosby Malkin? Crosby's number seven. Malkin there too? Malkin's number 12. Okay. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. Kane. Number two. Kaner. He, I see. He was the surprising one. I was like, how is Kane up there? You just think of him. He's like a distributor. The guy dishes pucks. He gets tons of assists. He's number four. It's amazing, I think, for him. Number two is Stamkos, even with his injury problem. Mm-hmm. And number three yeah. is um, John Tavares. Okay. So that's even yeah. a little surprising, too. That does surprise Joe, me. Joe Pavelski slots in at number six. So I think out of those five, Ovechkin, Stamkos, Tavares, Kane, Marchand, they get tons of publicity. They get tons of props. They get tons of individual awards. Then you go to Pavelski at number six, and Crosby's number seven. Pavs doesn't get any love. Really, it's apparent. He really doesn't. He really doesn't. Also underrated his ability to stay on the ice, too. He's not missing some injury time like a lot of these guys are. Yeah, he's played mostly every game. So in 10, 10 years, you should have played 820 games minus – um, a lockout minus the coronavirus. So we're looking at what, 760 games maybe? He's played sure. 755 of them. So he's just a juggernaut. Well, look, Kessel played 774. So maybe it's in that range. So where's Kessel on that list? Kessel is number 10. Tyler Sagan, number eight. Dallas wow. star teammate. Where has he gone this decade or this last year? Come on, Sagan. Pick your game up, man. Let's go. But I thought that was interesting. Pav slots in at number six. Not bad. Not bad at all for a guy who doesn't get any love in any votes, in any awards ever. He never gets any – I don't think he's been nominated for an award his whole career. You know what I mean? Probably not. not. Which is – which is it's it's really a shame because he has done really, really great things. So we'll see. Hopefully he can make the Stanley Cup final, kind of exercise some demons and beat the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which he has lost to the last two years. Get to the cup. Win the cup. I'll be invited to the party. It'll be amazing. I'll send you pictures. It'll be great. I, I promise you. It'll it'll be great. You'll love it. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world. In the world. Because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere, you guys. So go to right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is over. Football is back. 
You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, baby, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportbook experts. Another thing I wanted to talk about, I was, and this is, this is the truth. I was taking a shower and I was just kind of, you know, just thinking like I always do. My brain's always moving, always, constantly. I'm one of those people who just can't turn it off. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. You probably don't know what I mean. But, um, and I was like, just trying to think of teams that need help. And I, I immediately went to the Edmonton Oilers. I'm like, man, like what is happening with them? They have two of the best players in the league. If not one and two, maybe one and three, maybe you slot, you know, a McKinnon in there. Like they're devastatingly good. They're so talented. I'm like, what is going on? Why can't these guys win? And like trying to think of other really good duos who have won Stanley cups throughout the years. And I was like, okay, well, it's the most recent one. Like let's Kane and Taves or Crosby Melkin. They're good players. You know, they won multiple cups, who, what, what is the main difference between those two guys, Tim, and McDavid and Dreinsidel? What do you think? Well, it's not talent, right? I mean, they're as talented as any of those guys, really. Yeah. Um, uh, coaching, maybe? They haven't had major coaches come through there. I think we all know the answer. It's the work of the GM. And then surrounding your two studs, with some secondary scoring, some help, and just some support. And so I went back and I looked at the Oilers rosters for the last few years, and it's absolutely glaring the point differential between the first two and the rest of the 18. So we'll go like 19 or 2017. McDavid gets 100, Dreinsidel gets 70. The next highest guy only gets 48 points. And then the next highest after that gets 34. Like you can't have two guys get almost 200 points and then the rest of the team gets 200 points combined. Like their supporting cast is Milan Lucic, Mike Camilleri, Ryan Strom. They had the Nuge. He was okay. But Drake Kalugula, Jesse Pulveri, Zach Cassian, like these guys aren't guys who are going to help you win a cup. And so you figure, okay, we got to make some changes. Let's let's mix it up. Who do we get? Oh, the next year, McDavid gets 116. Dreinsidel gets 105. The next highest is a defenseman at 41 with Darnell Nurse. <laughs> then it's Chase on, Clefbaum. Like, this can't happen. Their teammates are Lucic, Chase on, Ty Raddy, Drake Kagugula. Sam Gagne, Tobias Ryder, Kyle Brodziak. No, they're not going to do it again. Not, not, not in 2019 and 20. We're going to make some changes. Dreinsidel gets 110. McDavid gets 97 because he missed a couple games. The Nuge, he gets 60. After that, 
34, 34, 33, 30. Like it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely, it's criminal what they've done to these two guys. You're playing with Josh Archibald and Alex Chason and James Neal. Not a James Neal like we're going to mention when he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. A James Neal now who's 32, 33, 34 years old, who's lost a little bit. Like, I don't know. I, I think you've, it's, it's criminal what these GMs have done to these two because, well, let's just look at Kane Taves. The most recent, I would say, of the two dynamic duos. List off some of their guys for me, Tim. Come on. What do you mean? Like their supporting cast? Their supporting cast, yes. Yeah, like over the years. I mean, Hosa, they had Sharp, they had Saad, they had Shaw, they had Brower, Kapeski. I mean, they had a lot of – not to mention their defense, which is one thing. I don't know if we're going to talk about this or not, but I'll bring yeah, this up now. So the the missing ingredient for me, in addition to their supporting cast and the secondary scoring and all that, is the defenseman. If yeah. you think about like the best cup teams in the last decade and all the big duos that came out of there, obviously – you got Crosby, Malkin. You got Kane, Tays, Bergeron, Marchand. Um, you know uh, Kopitar and Dustin Brown. How, how good those guys were. Who do they have on their back end? A Latang, a Duncan Keith, a Chara, a Doughty, Petrangelo. Like you got to have those guys on your team too. And I don't. I mean, I, Darnell Nurse is a good player. Clefbaum puts up some points, but they're not even close to that caliber of player. And, w- and what we talked about on this show over and over, over and over again. I've said it a hundred times to win the cup. You got to be strong up the middle, and you got to have a solid defense. And they don't—they have the—they have the strength up the middle. They don't have a defense, um, and I think that's that opens up all kinds of possibilities for you, both offensively and defensively, when you've got a guy like that on the back end, and they just don't have it. Yeah, it's—it's it's really too bad, just because I feel like, and I know people are going to say, "Well, Gretzky, it took him a few years to win the cup," but in this day and age, like I'm just looking at the Hawks. You had Sharp with 71, Hosa with 68. Like even Duncan and Siebes are up there with 50. You had a Boland, a Brower, a Brian Campbell. Like you had these guys who were so good at supporting Taser and Kane. You know what I mean? So it's just criminal. And you can go down the list, the Crosby Melkin. They're a team that has had so much of a turnover and their GM has done such a good job of implanting talent to that lineup, injecting skill, injecting goals when they needed it. They needed some goals. They needed a winger. Boom. Here's Phil Kessel. Boom. You need something else. Here's James Neal, Chris, uh, Chris Kunitz. They had Latang, Hornquist. They had, um, who's the guy now? Uh, Gensel. Like he put up 40 some goals. You need that type of scoring to help you. And I, I, I don't know why we're bagging on the Oilers so much, but it just feels like, they have such an opportunity and teams would kill to have those type of players to help them. Even the Oilers, when they were winning the cup, everyone was all like Gretzky and Curry. That was their dynamic duo. They had Messier. They had um, Anderson. They had Kevin Lowe. They had all these other guys who were so, and sorry, it's a little bit a while ago, but they had hall of famers on that team who just Paul coffee. Like they had great players. You know what I mean? So you're the, you're the Oilers GM. What do you do short offseason now? But what are you looking at? You need to get supplemental score. I'm calling the Winnipeg Jets right now. I know they're talking with Pittsburgh about getting Matt Murray. That's great. That's all great. You need a goaltender there, obviously. You need defensemen. You need everything, which is the scary part. They don't have a good team. They're a very, very, very flawed team. I think I'm going out to get a couple good scores to fill up my top two lines. 
that's my most pressing need. I'm trying to get line eight. I'm trying to hit something in the draft. I'm trying to sign somebody now, like we talked about last show, how there's some free agents out there who might not get the value that they think they should get. Edmonton should make a move. They're, they're good. They've been selling out their rink for, I think 10, 15 years now. They are not a small market team. They get revenue. I don't know. It's just sad. Like I was looking back, Forsberg and Sackick, Tange, Hayduke. Speaking of defensemen, Rob Blake, Ray Bork, Adam Foote, Hall of Famer on um, Patrick Waugh, Yager and Lemieux. They had Robert Lang, Straka, Ronnie Francis, Kevin Stevens, Paul Coffey again, Alf Samuelson. Are you kidding me? So I don't know. It's just sad. That just got my wheels turning about the Edmonton Oilers. And you have these two generational talents and it's like, are we wasting these guys? Is it going to be a situation where in 15 years we're going to go, man, those guys were really good, but they didn't win a cup. Were they that good? Is it going to be like a Joe Thornton type of situation? A Patrick Marlowe? That's the equivalent. Like that's actually a pretty good comparison. Those two. I hope not. I hope not. I, I hope not too. But when, when you look at the parallel, it's like, okay, they both, they came together the same year. McDavid and Dreinsettle have been there for a long time since they were rookies it's the same thing. Joe and Patty played together for 15, 17 years, made some good runs in the playoffs, put up epic numbers. Joe's top 10 all time in scoring. Patty's right there, you know, and then they have nothing to show for it. A couple, a couple individual awards. And that's about it. So I don't know. These two players are better than Joe and Patrick Marlowe. What about, would you entertain trading one of them? Probably never. dry sidle. Never, get- ever, ever in a million years. But think about what the Kaplan implications. They're both making like 11 smell. Never, never, ever in a million years. If you, you tell me a trade ever in the history in hockey that has worked out where you're trading a legit superstar who is in his prime and getting better. Tell me a trade where that has worked out for the team getting, ready the, getting rid of the superstar. Uh, off the top of my head, I can. I could probably do some research. but Yeah, I, I can't think of one. It just, A, it doesn't happen very often because GMs aren't that stupid. They know if they did that, they'd most likely get fired. And if it does happen, like the ones I can think of are the Taylor Hall, the Taylor Sagan, the Joe Thornton. Yeah. um, And all three of those, Kessel, Kessel, all three of those worked in favor of the team getting the superstar. Yeah. Well, the Bruins trading Kessel ended up working for them. But it worked but, out for the team getting Kessel as well. Well, not yeah. really for the league. Yeah, that's true. I don't think he's at the skill or the the superstar or the player no. that Brian Seidel and McDavid is. But like, what if you? <laughs> this would never happen. But what if you were getting like a Seth Jones in return? Then all of a sudden, okay, maybe I see the merit of that, right? Um, yeah. Well, that, you're that's. That but you're trading a superstar for a superstar. That's a completely different ball of wax. I think what you're saying is you're training a super, trading a superstar for draft picks and prospects. No, it would be like, hey, why don't you go get – if you trade Drysaddle for like a stud defenseman and like a 30-goal scorer or 25-goal scorer who can play on the wing and you start to fill the, your needs a little bit while also opening up some cap room or something. I don't know. I, I, I'm throwing it out there. I'd have a hard time pulling the trigger on trading one of the top five best players in the league too. Um, but I think the question has to be asked. Would you trade Dreinsidel to Pittsburgh for Malkin and Latang? Oh, they're so old. Exactly. Uh, 
No, no, I don't. Or trade it to Chicago for Kane and Keith. No. No. Uh, uh, Kane, I think about. Yeah. But no, but Keith is It's an interesting proposition. No, I think think no. You want to set them up for like, yeah, you don't want to waste McDavid's best years, but also you want to set them up for like long-term success as well. And that doesn't involve trading for a 37-year-old defenseman or however old he is now. Yeah, I, I just don't see the value coming back if you do trade either of them. Like, they're, it's just such – like, look at the Oilers when they traded Gretzky. Like, they, they got a bunch of draft – yeah, they won a cup, but that's just because their team was so strong. But it's just – and then Gretzky went on to just put up insane numbers in L.A. and change the game in the United States as we know it, and we can see that today, but – I don't know. I just think they need to make some moves. They don't have many other assets to trade. They really don't. So I don't know. I don't know what their cap situation looks like. I didn't have a chance to look at it, but golly, that GM swung and missed at the deadline. Tyler Ennis was a huge bust. Anthanasio was a huge bust. Like, I don't know. You need, you need green didn't even make it to the bubble. So I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's something that we need to talk about because they're so good. They are so good. And they just get buried in that city with a terrible GM for years. And Chirelli, Chirelli, what's his name? Chirelli. Chirelli, man. How did he manage that in Boston? He just walked into a good team. Who knows? What a, he, what a terrible Yeah, team. he was not, uh, he's been known for some really bad trades and really bad contracts that have no move clauses that just hamper teams to, to, to guys that they don't even, even want. Um, I, I think it would be fun to like play this out a little bit over the next couple of months and heading into the off season, just thinking about, Hey, what, what does some solutions look like? Even if we're just playing around with names and numbers to see, like, what about Tory Krug? You think they sign a guy like him? Well, I, I'm sure they would love to. I, I just, a Krug would probably love to go there. Here, pull up their cap for me quick, Tim. I will. Because that's, that's been their Achilles heel for years is just defensemen getting a solid, suitable defenseman to be able a and the thing with the, you can't just go out and get a defenseman you need to get a guy who can keep up with these forwards you need to get someone who can get the puck in their hands and then keep up with them and join the rush because the way the nhl is now the team's back check so so fast the defensemen are so good you see so many goals the third fourth fifth wave of players so a tory krug would be perfect in their system absolutely perfect in their system but I, I don't know if they can afford them. It always seems like they're just s- scratching the cap and they have no nowhere to move. What's their cap, Tim? Give it to me. Um, they projected to have about ten and a half million in space. Um, they're actually they're actually not in a bad situation. Fantasy, I was an RFA. Riley Shane and Tyler Ennis, both UFAs. They probably let those guys go. Um, Ethan Bear, who's an, a nice young defenseman for them, is an RFA. And Mike Smith's a UFA. He's going to walk. Koskinen's not a bad goalie. If they can get like a solid, you know, backup for him and they have a one one eight type situation like we've seen with like the stars, right? I don't yep. think they're gonna they don't need a ton of money in their goalies. So cap wise, they're they're okay. They don't have a ton of room, but they also don't have a ton of expiring contracts. So they can they got some wiggle room there. Who's their top three or four contracts? Like what does Nurse yeah. make? What does our Nugent Hopkins make? So McDavid makes 12 and a half. Dreisaitl makes eight and a half. Nudes makes six. He's got one more year under contract. James Neal makes 5.75. He's got three more years. Yeah. Uh, that's tough for them. Cassian makes 3.2. He's got four more years. That's not a good Oof. look either. 
Um, Nurse makes 5.6. Oscar Clefbaum makes just over 4 million. Adam Larson makes just over 4 million. Chris Russell makes 4 million. So between those first, those four defensemen, they got about almost $20 million there. Which isn't terrible. That That's the really, the tough thing about this cap being frozen is because if you're the GM, you're sitting at an $82 million, $83 million cap right now, and you're expecting it to to increase by five to six million to maybe sniff ninety million dollars. So you're expecting to have that money to go out and get players. Like that's a good thirty goal score right there if you get a six million dollar increase. And if you don't get that, you're you have to be super creative to try to make up that difference. And when you have guys like James Neal and Cassian eating up almost ten million dollars that's that hurts no one's going to take on those contracts they had to give up Lucic to get Neil I think they have almost identical contracts but aye 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 it's, and they're it's also so they're retaining 750k of Lucic's salary for this year for three more years um yeah they also have a buyout cap hit of 1.3 million for your boy Benoit Pouliot Pouli and 2.5 million buyout uh cap for Andre Sequeira Shirelli really Shirelli leaving his mark in Edmonton gotta love that got to love that yeah it's so funny remember it was all the rage to get the big forward the grinder who can you know put up 20 goals and he fights and he checks he gets up and down the ice those guys were getting contracts thrown at him left and right yep and I don't know of any one that turned out good you know what I mean? David Clarkson, Dave Bolin, Milan Lucic. Um, they're all of those. Even a Zach Cassian you could throw into that one. Yeah. There weren't many of these guys who got a big number that turned out good for the team. I don't know. No. Well, but part of I, that was just the way the league has gone over the last five or ten years. Yeah, I'm all for it. Like, I love it when guys get big contracts. It just – they never seem to pan out good. They really don't. And then you look at a contract like Dreinsidel, eight eight and a half million. That might be the best contract in the league. Him or Pasternak's. Like those yeah. two guys are vastly underpaid players. Vastly underpaid. So I don't know. I'm I'm not a GM. If I if I was, I'd probably win the Stanley Cup a few times and go to the Hall of Fame. But I'm not. No one will give me a chance. They're they're nervous. It's the old boys club. It'll be interesting to see what they do. See if this GM, Holland, has the the stones to kind of make some moves and, and switch it up a little bit. Or even if he can. I don't know. Trade Darnell Nurse. He's your best defenseman. I, I don't know. You can't trade him. Trade Clefbaum. Trade Larson. You can't trade Larson because you gave up him for Hall. Hall for him, and now he's got to turn out good. Thanks. Another another gem from Shirelli. Just a gem. Trade yep. an MVP for um, a, a fourth defenseman, a third defenseman. <laughs> it's comical. Anyways, <laughs> Tim, what what else we got? No, that's it. That's it. We're just uh, keeping an eye on the game tomorrow night and see if the the stars close it out. I think that's the big news right now. That's the th- big thing to watch. Yeah. Well, say hi to the the date that you're going on. You look good. Where are you headed? Stop. We have messy hair and a t shirt. Oh, that's the new look these days. At least you have sleeves on your shirt. Hey, how's the? Tell the fans about your diet. How's uh, the diet going? Today was tough. Today was I was really having some cravings. I really wanted some junk food. It messes with your energy levels a little bit. They said that's normal. Um, but today was a tough day because it's like it was like a quiet, lazy Sunday. Football is on. I'm like, I just want to get home and order some pizza and chill. And I didn't do it. Uh, but, yeah, today was tough. Overall good, though. Overall, it's been fine. 
you haven't jumped on the scale yet. No, no. Is what happens the- if you jump on the scale and you're exactly the same? Will you just like? I'll feel better. So upset. I feel okay. better though. It's all mental. I'm gonna go have another mortadella sandwich, maybe some popcorn, maybe some chips. I don't know. Stop. Maybe a chocolate, maybe a chocolate bar. I'm reading the kids' Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. So maybe I'll go get myself a Wonka bar, a nudge yeah. futter, a nudge futter with some snozberries on it. You should read that book. It's actually very excellent. I've never read it. It's pretty good. The only parts it gets a little longer where the Oompa Loompas make fun of the kids after they're like dead. Yeah. Presumably because they get sucked up into the tube and they get shrunken into a little miniature kid or they get kind of washed away and like they're blown up like a balloon. Yeah, they're very vague about where the kids go. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. (laughs) They never say if they make it or not. Well, we have three chapters left, so I'll let you know. Keep it posted. You're on the edge of your seat, I can tell. I am. I can't wait to find out more. But, yes, the next time we talk, we could have a Stanley Cup final lineup. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, Tim. We could have a special guest as well. What? Yes. Who? I can't tell you, John. I can't give it away. Justin Johnson to reply? Yeah, he replied. He said uh, Tuesday night he thinks would work. He just needs to figure out his work schedule because he's in Alaska. So the time difference just makes it complicated, but he should be so able to record. We're trying to get up, get Justin Johnson, the guy who crushed me in the face with a punch. <laughs> um, we'll see how that goes. If he does come on, you need to come on too. Okay. And referee, you're not, no more Wednesdays off. Okay, I'm not gonna. He's a nice guy. You don't. I don't need to be a referee. He's like the nicest guy. Yeah, he sucker punched me. It was a dirty punch. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. He really he ripped me a good one. But no, you have to come on because I don't know how I'm going to interact with this guy. It could just turn into an all-out like battle royale. I don't well, know. He's a good friend of mine. You'll like him. You would. You good. I'm glad he's your friend. I don't want him as a friend. I love him as a com- competitor, whatever guy I play against. What does he do for work now? He, I think he's sales for medical equipment, something like that. Hmm. Sounds super boring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we can, hopefully we can get him. But anyways, everybody, I hope you're just doing swell. Tim, do you hope everybody's doing good? They sure do. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the support. Go to Facebook and jam the like button and then poke your friend. (laughs) Is that how it works, Tim? That's exactly how it works. Well done. All right. Good. We're going to get so many um, positive feedbacks for this. How many five stars did we get last last week, Tim? I don't know. I got to check. And if you haven't left a five-star review, go leave a five-star review and say, take that, Tim. Loser. <laughs> yeah, do that. The, whoever does that, we'll give a t-shirt to. Ooh. Yeah, whoever leaves a five-star re- review and says, Tim's a loser, we'll give a t-shirt to. How are we going to know who it is? I don't know. Leave your address under the, <laughs> under the review. We'll send you one. <laughs> if you're brave enough, leave your address under the five-star review and we'll shoot you an autographed picture and a, some swag. All right. Sound good, Tim? Yeah. I'll take all the oh. reviews I can get. Promo code, Tim's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. 
And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.